0: You're listening to The Way Home with Daniel Darling, a proud member of the Venom Audio Network. Hello and welcome everyone to The Way Home Podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me today. It's just been such a delight these uh, past few weeks and months. presenting uh, some really uh, fun conversations with some really interesting people. Today, I'm delighted about who is going to join me as my guest. But before we do that, I just want to thank all of you for the feedback you've given me uh, about the podcast. I, it, it, As I'm traveling around the country or meeting folks, I run into folks who say I really listen to your podcast or Sometimes uh, I get emails of people that really enjoyed it, and I'm encouraged by the reviews on places like Stitcher, iTunes, or uh, Google Play. If you enjoy The Way Home and you've not had an opportunity to go write a review on one of those places, uh, I would love for you to do that. That just kind of helps uh, other people find the podcast. If you do that and go to DanielDarling.com after that and go to the contact page and send me a copy of that review. I will send you a free copy of my book, Away With Words, a free signed copy just as a thank you. Well, today joining me on the podcast is a friend of mine. His name is Shai Lin, and you've probably heard of him Uh, He is a very popular Christian rap artist. He's also a pastor who has served as an assistant pastor and is now the lead pastor of a church that he has planted in Philadelphia called Risen Church. Uh, He's also just a really great voice, a great Christian voice on a variety of things. Loves the Lord, loves scripture, and is a great teacher. He has a new book out called, The New Reformation. Uh, And one of the things he's trying to do is really bring people together around the area of racial and ethnic uh, reconciliation. As you know, the racial conversation is so hard and so fraught and uh, just seems like people are yelling and screaming at each other all the time and it's hard to bring people together to really have productive conversations. And I really like his approach and the way that he is really trying to find uh, common ground. and But most importantly, uh, ask Christians, what does the Bible say about the way we should approach uh, the topic of race? And uh, so I want to encourage you to get this book. We'll have links to it in the show notes, The New Reformation, Finding Hope in the Fight for Ethnic Unity. Uh, I do believe the Bible calls us to work for reconciliation and unity. And I believe Shylin is one of those catalysts, one of those leaders in the church that's really trying to do that. So let's join our conversation with Shylin. Well, I'm glad to have on the podcast uh, Shylin. Shy, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it, man.
1: Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I've
0: been following your work for some time, and and uh, just appreciate your uh, your ministry, and appreciate you coming on. And you know, I'm I'm really intrigued by your new book, uh, and want to encourage folks to go ahead and get it. We'll have links to it in the show notes. It's called "The New Reformation: Finding Hope in the Fight for Ethnic Unity," published by Moody Books. And um, really, you know, when I'm thinking about this conversation, Jai, it just it seems like the last. Several years have been so fraught with um, tension uh, not just in the culture but in the church. when I talk to people around the country and I, I'm sure you have this experience too on every side, you know I just think there's a lot of um discouragement about our inability to um, to find unity to find reconciliation and so I, I guess I, I guess my first question is kind of what what do you attribute that to? why are we so? I mean, beyond the obviously presenting issues of America's racial history uh, being, being sort of the backdrop of, of where we are. But it just seems like we're all the incentives are toward division, it seems like. And so may, maybe kind of speak about the moment we're in and how you see a way forward.
1: Well, I do believe that there is a historical context that has contributed to the challenges that we see today and so as you alluded to the uh, history of uh, racial division or ethnic division in in America is something that has uh, interestingly been connected with the church throughout uh, the the history of the country so uh, so in many ways uh, America's issues uh are the church's issues in, in this regard. At the same time, I also would not want to um, sleep on the reality of spiritual warfare. Uh, the devil hates Christ and he hates Christ's church. And we know that the Lord Jesus died on the cross in order to, uh, to bring uh, his people together, united for, from every five language people and nation, and and Satan hates that, and so he's going to do anything that he can to uh, to attack it and to sow seeds of of division. And then when you when you add in uh, politics, which in um, many cases is uh, 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 fraught with idolatry, um, mm-hmm. you have this this toxic toxic mixture of of things that that contribute to the problem.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. It, it really grieves me because i do think a lot of us are talking past each other it feels like um talking to people who agree with us about people we disagree with or whatever and it's it's really grievous um one of the things i like about what you're what you do in this book is you just you talk about the terms we use and you say maybe we can use different terms or maybe we can uh, use different language in order that we might understand each other talk about that a little bit
1: I believe that language matters. How we speak about things is very important. And one of the things that I see in the conversations is that oftentimes people can use the same terminology but have completely different meanings. So mm. one of the most effective uh, tools for communication is just defining your terms. What what are we talking about? What do we mean when we say words like race? Um, and, and so, in my book, one of the things that I was hoping to do was to uh, try to be as biblical as possible in terms of the categories that we use, and, and 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 seeking to point us back to okay, where in the scripture can we find this particular category, ra- rather than assuming the uh, the categories that we're that we're given in this in this conversation. And so, in the book, I, I make the case that. That ethnicity is actually uh, much closer to the biblical idea of what we mean when we talk about race.
0: Yeah, and and maybe explain that a little bit. Like, why why is ethnicity a, a better a better use of language, a better term?
1: Well, well, first, when when we think about the idea of race as it's been historically known in America, it's it's based on faulty science uh this this idea that uh that people are biologically uh different and 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 it can be categorized along these kind of racial terms uh, but biblically when we look in the bible uh one one of the, the the main ideas in scripture is the the word ethnos uh where we get it has has the same root as our term ethnicity and and ethnos in uh, in scripture is uh, so when we see in Revelation five nine and seven nine every tribe language people and nation that word underneath nation is ethnos uh, it's it's mm. often referred to uh, when it speaks of Gentile. so when we see gentile that word underneath that is ethnos so so it can be used as uh, distinctive from from the Jews and 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 when it when it's when it is used use it's speaking uh in a cultural context so it's so it's speaking primarily of uh of culture and uh and traditions and there, there's a, a lot of things that can be bound up in it uh but what we see is that that uh that term is is actually uh the the biblical way uh to to speak uh concerning the different people groups in the world
0: yeah that uh that that makes a lot of sense and and i when you read those passages in Scripture, w- w- what's really fascinating to me is revela- in Revelation, for instance, when you get this vision of, of God's kingdom, we retain our ethnic identities, even in the New kingdom, that, that our, our ethnic identities, our diversity, is not it, it, it's a feature, not a bug, to put it in modern terms. And just a beautiful picture of this, you know, mosaic that God has created in humanity. And so I think sometimes we get we we get kind of tripped up on that in the sense that we that our differences in many ways are a feature. God has done this on purpose, right?
1: Absolutely. And and you see it throughout all of creation. This this idea of of unity in in diversity, uh that that God is is glorified as he um as as he's as he's created this this beautiful world and and you see all kinds of differences and those differences are, are good things. They're, they're, not, they're, mm-hmm. they're not bad. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, when you think about God himself, uh, God himself is, uh, he's, you know, we believe in the doctrine of the Trinity, right? That, that God is, is one, so he's unified. Mm-hmm. And, yet, and yet within the one being that is God, there are three eternal persons. So you see that unity in diversity within God himself. And that's been manifested in his creation. And then when we, when we take it to the church, it's it's even stepped up a level in a sense in that we have. So it's not just a, a creation thing, but it's a redemption thing that that God is glorified in in redeeming a people. And so in that the same way that that we're unified in our fallenness, uh, God through Christ and 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 through the gospel, He now unifies those who trust in Him in our. Uh, uh, our union with Christ or our spiritual connection to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it, it is a, a beautiful thing. It's something to be, to be celebrated, not just merely tolerated.
0: Mm. I like the, the way you say that, you know, like we celebrate it, not just tolerate it. You compare this moment to the Reformation. You know, I think that's a pretty uh, big thing that you're doing. And I like the way that you frame that. What about this moment makes you think about the Reformation?
1: Well, when I when I think about the Reformation, it was a time of crisis, and and at that time the the crisis was doctrinal. You know, going back to the the material cause of the Reformation, justification by faith alone, which is something that had uh, gotten gotten lost in uh, the the medieval church, and 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 today it's it's another crisis, uh, but I would say that it's not. So much a doctrinal crisis as an ethical crisis, uh, and and that is how is the church um, going to walk in unity with this huge divisive issue of of ethnicity. Um, and so uh, when I, when I speak about a new reformation, um, you know, people hear that title and and think maybe I'm kind of you know try, trying to. Uh, redefine things or or move things in a in a completely different direction, but but actually I'm I'm doubling down on the root of of so so many of our our great denominations, which are embedded in the the Protestant Reformation. And so what I'm saying is, how can we uh, take the great doctrines of the Reformation and apply them in this particular area of of ethnicity.
0: Uh, I, I really like that. And it 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 speaks to a lot of things, right? Like the the fact that we are in this kind of crisis of unity, but also a doctrinal crisis in some respects as well. One of the things that I find, and I think you find too, whenever I talk about unity today, a lot of people are nervous about that word, uh, what that means. I also feel like there's just so many incentives away from unity, right? To kind of speak to our own tribes, to sort of build a platform based on outrage on on every side of not just this issue, but almost every issue, right? There's a lot of pushback when you talk about unity. When you talk about brothers and sisters coming together around the essentials of the gospel, uh, when you talk about unity in the body of Christ, why is it still worth fighting for?
1: It's still worth fighting for because that's why Jesus died. That's a big part of why Jesus died was to unify mm-hmm. us. So in, in John 17, uh, the Lord Jesus, he prays. So this is his high priestly prayer, uh, just before, uh, the, the cross and the thing that was on his heart, um, in John seventeen twenty one, he prays that, uh, that us, the church, that we might all be one, uh, just as the father is in him and, and Christ is in the father. Um, and he says that he, he praised this in order that the world might believe that the Father sent the Son, uh, and so the, the 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 unity of the church is directly connected to the church's witness to the world, and and so this is this is very important from um, uh, from from an evangelistic standpoint and and from a uh, 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 the glory of God standpoint.
0: And there's a, there's a lot of people that are just very tired and worn out and just wonder, can this even happen? You know, can we have unity? Um, I, I still think it's worth fighting for uh, racial unity, racial mm-hmm. reconciliation, ethnic unity, uh, which is why I'm so glad you, you stepped into this conversation. And I know anytime you talk about these topics, you are, you know, stepping in in many ways Into several land, onto several landmines, and you're opening yourself up to criticism from all sides. And so I just want to commend you because it takes great courage to talk about these things. Mm. It seems like the conversation today, if I could frame it, is on the one hand, you have people who are very, I think, rightly concerned about some of the kind of sort of toxic ideologies that are put forward as maybe solutions to racial strife, right? And I think, you Mm -hmm. know you know whatever you call it CRT or some of these other things that I think there are reasons to be concerned about some of these kind of um ideologies on the one hand and then on the other hand I think there's a lot of folks who anytime you mention this racial reconciliation racial unity they sort of get uh nervous because they feel like you you are a pro, you know you are talking about CRT and all that stuff and so <laughs> You know, if you're if you're someone who's saying we care about what the Bible says about racial reconciliation, racial unity, you kind of get hit from multiple sides. And so, maybe speak to the to the struggle of that, and kind of where people are.
1: Yeah. So, so as you alluded to, that there, there's the uh, the concern of um, critical race theory and. You know, what some people would call wokeness. Uh, I, I try to stay away from from the buzzwords because, again, ter- terminology matters, and and,
0: mm-hmm. and we
1: can um, in, in, import a lot of things in those terms, and 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 we can actually end up slandering our brothers and sisters with 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 certain terminology. Um, but but yeah, you had you have the concern that um, you know pe- people are overly concerned about. Uh, the idea of race and and finding racism where where it's not there and and identifying everything as um as racist or or relating to race and um and then you have uh, on the the other side people who are concerned with those who are are ignoring the real challenges and and the real problems in in our country uh- re- related to uh the issue of 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 race or ethnicity and uh and so one way I I frame it is to say that in this discussion, there are uh, a number of uh, errors that we don't want to fall into. So so on the one side, there's there's apathy, which says, why are we even talking about this at all? Um, And then on the other side, there's idolatry, which makes ethnicity ultimate. And so we we really want to avoid uh, both of those extremes uh, as we seek to deal with this issue.
0: Yeah. I, I like the way you frame that. And um, these issues matter. Um, there's a right way to, to approach issues of justice and there's a wrong way to approach that. And I, I think your biblical approach, you know, and then there's a, a way to ignore it that I think is issues as well. That is so wrong. And mm-hmm. I, I love your approach. Um, I, when I read in, if I was reading Ephesians uh, the other day and, I'm struck by Paul when he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. In other words, you know, sometimes I think, Shy, that we we think of unity as a nice thing if we can get it. Like, oh, that'd be nice if we can make that happen. But when I read the New Testament, it seems like Paul is saying for us to make it an intentional effort. When he says make every effort <laughs> at unity, mm-hmm. I mean, unity is not always possible, right? There's there's sometimes you can't. Have unity between, you know, for instance, light and darkness, or people who. I'm asking you, like, to to kind of kind of share why you think this is so important. I mean, it seems the New Testament makes unity a real uh, issue of importance that we should be intentional in trying to bring it about.
1: Absolutely, and the passage you reference, Ephesians four verse three, is is a passage that I, I look at in detail in the book he talks about being eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and, and some translations say, say strive. So it's a very, very active term. And that, that indicates that it's a struggle and that it's not always going to be easy and and that there's, there's going to be opposition, even as I, I alluded to earlier with, with spiritual warfare and, and the evil, evil one. So it's, you know, there's no, it's not a coincidence that the apostle Paul, after giving all of these um, ethical commands in in Ephesians 4 and following that that we see in chapter six this this reminder of the reality of, of spiritual warfare that our, our our bad our struggle is not against against flesh and blood uh, but against rulers and authorities and uh, you know uh, cosmic powers over, over this uh, present mm-hmm. darkness and and so um, yeah it is it is going to be a struggle and and when we look at Ephesians 4 2, um, it's interesting that he he gives these characteristics that need to be in place in order for us to strive for this unity, which and those characteristics are humility, <laughs> gentleness, patience, and bearing mm. with one another in love and and that right there is is the key to the pursuit and that is not at all what I see <laughs> when i look right. at social media right I, I, I see yeah. a lot of sarcasm, I see a lot of mockery, I see a well, lot of slander um
0: well, and all the incentives go the other way, do they not to uh you know in order to sort of like outrage is really highly rewarded and you know mm-hmm. uh, i'm I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that grieves me is just on all sides to seeing. Christians using public platforms to really slander brothers and sisters in Christ. And in ways that when I read the New Testament, I'm just like, man, this is a violation of what Paul is is, is telling us to do. I, I love that you emphasize those traits. And yet at the same time, we can have frank conversations, right? We can have hard conversations with people who disagree. And I love the fact that you're not using unity as a way to kind of paper over genuine real issues and the sort of you know false peace but not you're not you've not given up on the idea of
1: unity that's right and love rejoices in the truth so so we're not talking about a, a unity that that's devoid of the truth we we're called to speak the truth but we're called to speak the truth in love and so so there's a a way and a manner that we're called to uh, use as we interact with our brothers and sisters in christ and you know I, I think you hit on one of the challenges of social media uh which is that it it highlights the extreme voices right it it highlights those who are are, are loud and brash and say things to shock value those, like those things gain you equity Uh, in in today's uh, social media climate. Uh, But that's not what we're called to. Uh, We're called to humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. And and, and in fact, I'm I'm, I'm a firm believer that the the primary place for these kinds of conversations is not social media at all uh, because of of its inherent limitations. Uh, Not that we can't use it and, and, um, and seek the glory of God in it, but ultimately, uh, these kinds of things are going to be addressed m- most properly in locally, in our local churches and in, in relationships that, that, we're, that we're building with one another.
0: Hello, friends. I just want to tell you about a really new partnership uh, that we have developed with an amazing company called Canopy. Now I don't know about you, But as a parent, I find it increasingly difficult to monitor my children's Internet consumption with all the devices and computers. And how do you balance safety on the Internet in terms of objectionable content, pornography and things that we don't want them to see with speed and use of the Internet for things that they need, like their homework, getting a hold of them. My oldest one is driving and I want to be able to her to have a way to get a hold of me. How do you do that well? Sometimes it feels like you have to prioritize either speed and accuracy and accessibility or safety. Well, my friends at Canopy have developed this really neat tool that they beta tested in Israel, and it's so good they brought it over to the United States, and it uses this proprietary technology uh, using artificial intelligence to block objectionable images, but not always necessarily websites. And so how this works is that even on their phones, if someone texts them something objectionable or they're going to a website that they need to go to, but there's objectionable images, it doesn't block the website, but it'll block the the images from coming through. And it works uh, in multiple apps that are on their phone in ways that a lot of other filters don't. It's a great, great tool. And if you are a WayHome listener, you can go to canopy.us slash wayhome. That's canopy.us slash wayhome. C-A-N-O-P-Y dot U-S slash wayhome. And you can get a special discount, your first 30 days free and 20% off of Canopy for life. So you want to do that. Go to canopy.us slash wayhome and check this out. It's a great tool that I know you will use and and be thankful for as a parent. There's also a cost to it, right? So if you really care about unity, bringing brothers and sisters together, that means there's going to be folks who on the one hand think you're soft because you're embodying the fruits of the spirit, right? I mean, when I think of Paul talking about the characteristics of spiritual leadership, every list has issues of temperament, right? Gentleness, not a brawler, not a fighter, not this. Uh, So you're going to get people on the one hand, right? Who are going to feel like you're soft. On the other hand, you're going to get people who feel like you're, you're too bold. uh, But really it seems like we need in this moment bridge builders people who are willing to apply the scriptures to have the hard conversations but committed as the end goal of unity is that just something we need to bear for the sake of the cross for the sake of uh the body of Christ
1: it is absolutely it's it's the it's the cost of love right true true love mm-hmm. is is always costly um true love is embodied in sacrifice and we and we see that most most cl- clearly in in our savior uh, uh you know god is love and, and we and we know that he's love because he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins and so uh, so if we are to uh, to follow in the the footsteps of 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 our lord we understand that um in order to uh, to love our brothers and sisters in christ it is it is going to cost us um and and I, I think i think it's important to uh, to be courageous, um, and uh, but but not the way that I see courage often defined in in our culture, uh, or particularly in in these conversations. Uh, so on the one hand, yes, we um, we 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 call out false ideologies and uh, and things that are are not the the way of Christ, and um, at the same time. I think it's important for us to have enough courage to uh, to call out people, even in our own camp <laughs> where where there's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where, where 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 we may be off on something. Um, and, you know, it's 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 it, it it may take courage in order to avoid tribalism because because this thing is so. Polarized, and and people are are choosing camps and drawing lines in the sand, and say either either you're here or there, and and unfortunately, many, many on on both sides are excluding brothers and sisters from the body of Christ on 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 these particular issues. Um, so so in this kind of toxic environment, courage may look like saying, "Listen, uh, there, there, there's a brother or sister that I may vehemently disagree with." But they're still a brother and sister in Christ, and I'm going to treat them like a brother or or a sister in Christ, and and I'm not going to demonize them. Um, and um, and and you start saying that, then you know uh, the those who maybe might have been on your side before start looking at you crazy, like wait wait a second, what's 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 going on, you know? And so it, mm-hmm. it gets back to the, to the echo chamber thing that you that you talked about earlier, and um, and so yeah. It, it will be costly, um, to, uh, to truly seek to love our brothers and sisters in this, in this regard.
0: Yeah. And, and yet it's work we have to do, right? I mean, I, I've never seen people more discouraged about unity in the body. And yet I, mm. I look around and I say like, you know, it's a New Testament imperative and, you know, it, it's time for, for us to step up and, and really listen and, uh, across different lines, but also try to Work toward unity, even if the incentives go the other way. And this is where I love what you're doing because the, the age we live in, as you said, incentivizes disunity and incentivizes extremism and incentivizes okay. slandering people without giving the benefit of the doubt. And yet, this is the way we can be countercultural, right? And yeah. even even when we use social media, or even when we engage, that we can be the we could be the people saying we're not going to do this. We're we're gonna we're gonna engage in a different way. So I, I just love that this is what you're you're putting forward, and really want to encourage folks to get this book called "The New Reformation" uh, by Shai Lin. Um, if you've been discouraged by the race conversation, if you're just trying to think through it and learn and listen and grow, uh, man, I think this is just a really helpful resource. Shai, if you're talking to pastors right now who are weary. White pastors, black pastors, Hispanic pastors—people, you know, all across—and they're trying to have these conversations. They're trying to be faithful to Scripture, and it's just really hard. Um, mm. What advice do you give pastors in this moment?
1: I would go back to, and I, and, I, and I keep I keep referring to this idea of spiritual warfare uh, because I, I think it's something that that that's underplayed um, in in these conversations. Prayer. <laughs> prayer prayer and more prayer. Uh, th- this is something that you know it's it's not too small for for God to handle. Um you know if we try to do this in our own strengths, uh we're we're going to fizzle out <laughs> and, and get burnt out very quickly. Uh we we must rely on the Lord. We must seek his face. We must must stay um uh, rooted in his word and and, and rooted in prayer, crying out regularly before the throne of grace, um, because I do believe that God has, has good purposes in all of this. Uh, so as as challenging as it is, as discouraging and exhausting as it is, I believe that, uh, that God is uh, sovereignly and in his providence uh, ex- exposing the division that has, has been there for a while. Um, in order to bring his people ultimately to a place of, of greater unity. Um, and, you know, the, well, one of the things that I allude to in the book is that uh, the reason why it's finding hope in the fight for ethnic unity and the reason why I'm hopeful is because we know how the story ends. <laughs> we know where, where this is going. This is going ultimately to a place where, as we uh, talked about earlier, every tribe, language, people, and nation – surrounding his throne uh, in in perfect unity uh before the Lord Jesus Christ for all eternity. That's where this is going. Um and so in in light of that, what we need to do is see the the present challenges in light of the glorious future that God has has promised for his people and allow that to uh, to fuel our our perseverance in this regard.
0: That's such a good word and and so deeply encouraging and I do think Sometimes, you know. Uh, so, a, a couple of thoughts. It's, it does seem sometimes, Shylin, we need to maybe even moderate the voices we're allowing it to shape us. Right? Uh, okay. There are, you know the the voices that are pulling us away from unity. And you know, uh, it seems like sometimes we're we're formed as Christians and discipled more by our favorite pundits or personalities than Scripture.
1: Absolutely, that that's a big challenge, and it and it has been a big challenge for a, a number of years now. And I, I I do believe that that's where the the local church comes in again. Um, and and really, you know, when when we look at what's happened with the pandemic over the course of this last year and a half, mm-hmm. um, it's 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 really just. Uh, I, I think that's one of the accelerants that that has increased the polarization because people have been isolated. Uh, we've been away from each other, and um, and and not, you know, the the relational connectivity has not been uh, as 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 it was in the same way, and and I think that that has increased the the hostility and the you know uh, the uh, the vitriol connected to to this conversation, and so I yeah it, it's it's it does come it comes back to the importance of. Uh, of, of relationships and, um, and, and, and really, uh, being involved in each other's lives as we, as we seek to work through this together.
0: That's really good. Well, Shia I just want to commend you for your work and, uh, for your faithfulness to scripture, for your leadership, uh, and your courage and really trying to, um, help people think through these issues in a way that, um, helps us to learn and to listen and also to, uh, find unity with our brothers and sisters so i want to encourage folks uh to get this book the new reformation is published by moody and uh, you will be really blessed shylan thank you so much for your time
1: and for for your work uh thank you brother daniel It's, it's been good to be here brother
0: Thank you for listening to this edition of the way home podcast with Daniel Darling. For more information, you can visit danieldarling.com. If you do like this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. We also encourage you to rate and review so others can know about the podcast. You can follow me at, at Dan Darling on Twitter, or go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Daniel M. Darling. I also want to encourage you again to check out my latest book, Away With Words, and you can visit awaywithwordsbook.com. Thank you for listening again to The Way Home Podcast.